Uncle, beware of someone in a hat. Well, that's always uh. good advice. Listen, the grandmother, she knows. She read your future in the dust balls under the bed. Uh. Someday I've got to meet his family. Mouse has four paws. Yes. But he doesn't wear a belt. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Uh, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 10, Episode 11, Follies of the Living, Concerns of the Dead. It's the 229th episode overall, directed and written by Alan Alda, originally aired on January 4th, 1982, and the production code is 1G07. Oh. Uh. Uh. 15. How's he doing? Uh, and a half. Oh, great. It's gone up. Uh, 104 and a half. Yeah, and that's uh, not the worst of it. Uncle Yusuf, don't go out tonight. It's dangerous. They know you stole the melons. Poor fellow, that fever's got uh, him crazy. What do you think's uh, causing it? Well, he complained of lower right abdominal uh, pain. Nausea, I'd say appendicitis. She had some right back pain, too. Maybe it's his kidneys. Uncle, beware of someone in a hat. Well, that's always uh, good advice. Uncle, listen, the grandmother, she knows. She read your future in the dust balls under the bed. Uh, Someday I've got to meet his family. Uh, I got the lab reports. Uh, what is this? You're all on this case? Uh, well, he's our puppy, too. What'd you find uh, out? Uh, his white count is up, red count is uh, low. Got pus in his urine. Gotta be a kidney infection with gram-negative sepsis. Sorry, folks. This afternoon is temporarily postponed. Wounded in the compound. Grandmother, you put a curse on my turnip. Get some blood cultures and do an IVP. See if there's any obstruction in his urinary tract. You find there isn't. Oh, says you. He'd be all right if you hadn't cursed his turnip. I also have the plot summary. While Klinger is delirious with fever, he communicates with the ghost of deceased private Jimmy Weston. Hey! Are you sure I'm dead? Because I don't feel dead. Hey, you gotta talk to him, will you? I don't think I'm dead. I mean it! Look at him. He's gonna give me last rites. They're gonna put me in a bag, stick me in a truck, and that's gonna be it. And I do not feel dead. Can't you do something about it? What can I do? Dead is dead, right? Right, Father? Just give me a minute now, Claire. I have to concentrate. Am I dead or what? I don't want to die. Who wants to die? I don't want to die. You're not going to die. No, no, please. I didn't bring the subject up. Weston did. Weston is dead. Don't tell me. Tell him. And guest stars in this episode, Cario Salem, or Salem, uh, plays Private Jimmy Weston. Cario appeared regularly in the TV series Heart of the City. Hmm, never heard of that one. No. And we have Randall Patrick, who played Frank Hicks. Uh, This is Randall's only appearance in MASH, but he did appear in the sequel after MASH. Uh, That's weird, isn't it? The fact his name is Randall Patrick and he plays Frank Hicks. Randall and Hicks are the two characters in Clark's. And that's what oh, I when, I, when I saw that, I thought, cool. oh, that's pretty weird, yeah. <laughs> uh, totally, not, totally not related to anything, but there we go. Um, uh, Jeff Tyler returns as a soldier. And we have Perrin Page, who returns as the driver. And Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yamoto. Nakahara, because that's how she's addressed in this episode, too. It is indeed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a second. Will you use your own hook? I got no place to hang my clothes. First of all... This is my hook. Secondly, it is not a hook. 
It is a nail. Thirdly, your shirt could stand up by itself. I've been using that hook since long before you got here, bub. You may have used it. You may indeed have some unnatural attachment to it. But the fact remains, that is my hook. See, my name, my hook. And this is a nail. Why don't you hang your stuff down but here somewhere, okay? I do not want my name down there. I want it here. What difference does it make? Because the boards at that end of the bench are uneven and they pinch my bottom. Does that satisfy your morbid curiosity? Okay, okay, that does it. That's fine. Fine. I'm giving you a new hook. Nail. This is a nail. It's not a hook. Go pinch your bottom. Rave on, Macduff. <laughs> Rave on. Sir, am I dead? Hammer away, you pathetic fool. Look, really. I don't feel dead. There's just got to be a mistake. Although I must say, for my taste, the entertainment value of fools is vastly overrated. What have you done to my shirt? You're right, it is a nail. My shirt, you imbecile, you submaronic, cretinous idiot! Me, my shirt! Hey, my shirt. Fellas. No, no, no! Ow! Let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I will start us off. I really enjoyed this episode. Okay. I gave this an eight. <laughs> oh. I thought it was a very interesting episode. I honestly, I didn't realize that Ellen Alda wrote it, and now it yeah. makes sense. Yes. Because <laughs> it's definitely not funny. It's more serious undertones. Uh, this episode, everyone seemed to be angry. Hmm. Everyone was yelling at everybody, and I don't know why. I don't know if they were just, it was a long period of casualties that they've been dealing with, or yeah. people were tired, but everyone just was very snippy, you know. Because it was, it was from the perspective of the soldier, because he was, you know, for some reason bouncing around, you know, place to place. So he was in the in the washroom, and Margaret was complaining about the towels being folded properly to the nurse, and upset that it takes her eight times to unfold it, and, you know. <laughs> no, 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 these are folded wrong. I should be able to pick it up with two fingers and pop it open. These will take three, maybe four fingers. Margaret, would you mind ranting someplace else? I've got a big dramatic scene coming up in the OR, and I want to get into the mood. And I'd like to do some nursing. Next time, see that they're folded properly. Look at this, look at this, seven fingers. Well, my company commander strapped me onto the jeep. He, he said that I would be all right, and he never lies to us. You're pretty particular about the way you're handed the instruments in OR, though, aren't you? Huh? Just, just drop it, okay? He never lies. Well, we respect him for that. And I've watched you in the mess tent, too. You have a special fork. Have a what? A special fork. I've seen you pick through all the forks looking for one with long, thin tines. I've seen you keep 15 people waiting online looking for your special stupid fork. It so happens I can't pick up food with a blunt instrument. Two fingers. And then, you know, he's listening to somebody else, and they're arguing about something. You know, I'm like, is this like what, like behind the scenes, this is what really happens? You know, mm. they just argue a lot. I, what's this, BJ and Father going through uh, the dead soldier's stuff. That was a really good scene. Yeah. Um, you know, and him coming to grips that he actually is dead because, you know, for half the episode, he's not believing it. One wallet, brown. One wallet, brown. Any money in it? Uh, yeah, wait a sec. My mother gave me that wallet before I went away. It's genuine calfskin. Used to be stamped in gold there, but with all the heat and sweat and everything, the letters just wore off. It smelled great the day I got it. I love the smell of leather. 2360. 2360. One picture. Look at that sweet, fresh face. 
one picture. It's Sarah Lee Pinter. I could still taste her kiss from when we said goodbye. Did you have sweethearts when you were in school, Father? Oh, yes, I did, actually. In fact, when I was 12, I was a champion at Spin the Bottle. Oh. No matter where Patricia Dugan sat, I could always put just the right English on that bottle to make it point right to her. <laughs> she has six children now. I wonder if I put ideas into her head when she was 12. I remember school so well. It's only 200 years ago. One ring. One ring. Boy, that brings back a lot of memories. That's my high school ring. I never take it off. What's it doing in that box? West. I say I buy you a beer, Father. Yes, I think so. Thank you. My God. I think I'm dead. I like Frank talking to Father about Weston. Why then do the wicked live? Why are they advanced and strengthened with riches? Pardon me, Father? That was Job's question to God. How can the wicked flourish when the good are allowed to die? And do you know what the answer was? No. God spoke to Job out of a whirlwind, and he said, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Did you create the whales or the wild goats? The answer is in the vastness and grandeur of the universe, not in bitterness. It's too easy to despair, Frank. I'm sorry, Father. I know I shouldn't feel this way. I just don't think there's any point to it all if they could take a guy like Weston. Look, I'm gone, okay? Just let me go. Don't waste your strength. I can't believe he's dead. Yes. It's over. Use your sense of humor. Talk about what a jerk I was sometimes. Laugh at me. I can't believe it. What the hell's the matter with this guy? I mean, he's tearing himself apart. Look, what do you expect? How would you feel if you lost your best friend? Klinger, hush. One second, Colonel. Look, Weston, be reasonable. I don't know how you feel being dead, but it scares the daylights out of the rest of us. You know, you, you find out it's his best friend, and that was a really, really nice scene. And, you know, I love that father was trying to, cons you know, console him, and Frank mm. just didn't want to hear it right now. You know, he, it didn't matter to him. His best friend was dead. And so that's all that mattered. Yeah. Uh, and I love the fact that Frank does thank the father afterwards, after he realizes, you know, comes to better terms with it. I think it was okay that, that Potter told Frank that he had died. Oh, yeah, because, absolutely. you know, I mean, he said, you know, because it, it was immediately, you know, the guy was just recovered from surgery, but I still think he needed to know, and it's better to learn now than later, that his, his friend passed away. I love when Margaret goes out to scream her frustration. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the fact that, you know, she doesn't see Weston next to her, but she's sitting there talking out loud to just nobody, technically to him yeah. and the audience. But, you know, she just had enough. And I don't blame her. You know, <laughs> no. she she doesn't get listened to quite, quite a bit. And she was right in the end anyways. But I just like that little scene with her. She's so good. And Loretta Switz acting is so incredible. And sometimes she, she just shines. And I think she really shined during that scene. Of just the amount of frustration she feels being a woman 
a high-ranking woman in the military back in the day, back then. Even now, it's still not good, but back then it was worse. You know, because, I mean, technically... A nurse is all she could be. You know, they wouldn't. There were no woman, woman, woman doctors allowed. So she was the highest yeah. ranking woman, you know, possible. Excuse me, one minute. Pardon me, I think you should run. Stupid, insensitive jackasses. Trying to do something practical. And all they can do is stand around, argue with each other, as if I don't exist. They didn't hear a word I said. I know how you feel. What am I doing here if I can't help? What am I putting up with the rats for? The lice? The dysentery? I used to wonder what I'd miss the most when I was dead. Running down a basketball court. Making out with girls. Or even smelling the honeysuckle that grows over our mailbox. I never guessed it would be just having somebody understand what it is you're saying. There's only one guy in this place who hears me and nobody listens to him. Uh, I'm not putting up with this. Maybe there are just some things you can't do anything about. Maybe that's what being dead is. I'm going to keep on talking until somebody listens. And if I have to... I'll kick a few cans in there. Go get them, Slugger. I love the letter that Frank, or I guess Potter and Frank, wrote to Weston's parents. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it made me cry. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it, was, it was very, yeah, I'm a crier anyways, and you guys know that, but that one, that particular scene, and I was watching this at work on the down low. Oh, well. So I'm sitting there <laughs> trying to watch the episode, and I'm not like... <laughs> Trying not to let people, and I'm in like a big office area, so everybody can see. Oh boy, okay. So yeah, so I was trying to be discreet about not crying in front of people, but it was—it's such a moving. I'm gonna obviously put it in right after I talk about it here, so people are gonna be listening to it now. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Weston, I'm Franklin Hicks that Jimmy has written you about. I feel I know you from Jimmy's description of you, so that's why I'm writing you this letter. Although I wish I didn't have to. Yesterday, Jimmy and I were both wounded very badly. The medics got there right away and they did everything they could for Jimmy. But I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Weston. They just couldn't save him. Maybe I could have said that part better. I've written a lot of these letters, son. There's no good way to say it. But I want you to know it was very sudden and he felt no pain. It's very difficult to write you about this, but I had to because of how much Jimmy loved you and how much I loved Jimmy. He used to read the comic page to me and make up funny voices for all the characters. After a while, it would have us both in stitches. And then when we'd be on patrol and he'd see I was getting scared, he'd start talking in one of those voices and it would really lift our spirits. I think that's one of the greatest gifts anyone could have. I know how terrible this must be for you, but I want you to know that you have my deepest sympathies. Yours very sincerely, Franklin Hicks. So uh, yeah, it was it was a really it was a very touching letter, and it just it was a very I I just I like the brotherhood that they come up with, you know that these mm. that they that they have because you know it's true. I mean, you, yeah. the 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 guy next to you is the closest thing you're going to have. You know, he's going to protect you and save you and help you, and and you do the same with him. So mm. you, you, obviously the bonds are close. So when someone dies, it's sad. Yeah, I liked when they were just toasting to dirt and rats. <laughs> 
<laughs> and to the war and just being, you know, they were just done with it all. And I, yeah. I liked that moment between uh, Winchester. And I like this the three. I could never see Frank doing that. They would never have no. done that with Frank. No, but Winchester, no. yes. Winchester's pompous, but he knows the stuff. And he mm. deserves to be pompous sometimes because he is good. No, he's the best surgeon, so. <laughs> of course. But I liked, I liked that little scene between the three of them. Uh, I really liked, I thought it was very moving at the end with mm. the dead people all walking oh, to an unknown yeah. location into the mist. Mm. That was that was very 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 touching and very moving. So I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. It was a you know, it comes off of and which is great because I so much enjoyed the last episode. I gave it an 8.5. And normally mm. when you watch an episode after that, for me, I tend to take my excitement from because I watch these all six in a row usually. Yeah, same here. So I take my excitement from that previous episode, and then I watch it, and I'm like, oh, okay, it was okay. You know, it was, and I I shouldn't. I know I should sit down and clear my mind and watch the episode for what it is. So I mean, for giving it an eight point it was a, it was a very enjoyable after episode after one of my favorite episodes. You know, so yeah. it's it was really it was really well done, really well done. But you kind of scuffed at my 8.0, so I'm waiting to hear what you think about this episode. <laughs> well, I gave it a 9. Ah, um, okay, good. <laughs> I, I, I adore this episode. I absolutely yep. love it. And it's typically a older episode. It's got everything mm. that older always does, the sentimentality and the seriousness to this mm-hmm. episode, along with a nice little bit of humour underneath it. Um, you know, Klinger's temperature being 104 and a half, he's oh, yeah. amazingly high. So no one yeah. really seen things going on. I kind of appreciate the fact that everyone's acting around this guy and not looking at him or not acknowledging him or anything like mm-hmm. that. He's really yep. quite hard to do. And yeah. like, you know, um, the bit where... Um, we've, we've, as you say, with Margaret sitting on the bench, and he turns around and says, "You go get him." When she, you know, when she storms back off again, I, I love that. Bit. It's so good, yeah. <laughs> it's so it gave me chills. You talking about it? Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing about Hawkeye wanting his hook. Um, it's his hook. He wants his hook, uh, and Winchester doesn't want to want to sit where he sits because it pinches his bottom, um, and all that is quite <laughs> is quite funny. And you clearly get the, the the opinion. This has been, a, as you say, it's been a long day. It's been mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. Uh, especially with the towel business, because I think it's Hawkeye just picked the towel up that has been folded eight times or whatever, <laughs> and could just simply open it up very easily as he walks off. You know, yeah. The the thing with Frank's letter again, like exactly like you said to Jimmy's parents, is wonderful. It's so nicely done, and I totally agree with you. You know, part I should have told him and did tell him mm-hmm. um, about Frank dying straight away because what's the point? You know, he's only going to mm-hmm. find out sooner or later, and you might as well, you know, well, you're in pain anyway, so you might as well have that extra pain, and you can you can get over it all together. Yeah. Like you said, one of the most um, you know touching scenes is BJ and the father going through the belongings whilst Jimmy is standing there, and Jimmy's talking about the you know the the girl in the photo. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff, and you know, and I, I just I think it's wonderful acting as well by by the guy who's playing Jimmy. It's just wonderful the way he's he's calm, he's not too sure what's going on, and then when he starts to you know not see people when he's in the bunk. You know, mm. he's in the, the swamp and they start yeah. to go, you know, you can't see them anymore and slowly you can't hear them. And then, like you said, we've, you know, um, we're toasting to the dirt. The, the whole thing with, with them all ignoring Margaret is a bit annoying because they generally wouldn't do that. But it adds to the tension of the whole piece and I can see why they've done it. And again, like you said, the whole thing with the soldiers walking away, when you get the one, the one soldier turn around and wave to him saying, come on, we've got to go this way. 
mm-hmm. where we go in i don't know um how long it'll take we don't know but what i like mm-hmm. about that as well and this is where all that does so well is the fact it's not just soldiers walking away it's civilians walking away yeah you know i love that as well where you know it's war is not just about the people fighting it; it's about the people who live there and i love that and that's the reason why i gave it uh i gave it a nine nice deservingly so like and this may have been because the other episode was so i enjoyed it so much that i didn't yeah. give this an 8.5 but mm. it's it definitely is worthy of a high number because it it yeah. it it's so well done. It's so entertaining. It's so touching, and like you say, it's it's definitely an Alda episode. Oh he, yeah, he, he brings those touches to uh, to mash. Finger has been on antibiotics for eight hours. Not only has his temperature not gone down, it's gone up a degree. It takes time to break. It'll be all right. All right. The man's burning to a crisp. Okay. Just to be sure, we'll start him on sulfadiazid. Instead of looking for another medication, you ought to be looking for another cause. I think we should bring his body temperature down, no matter what. Excuse me. Just a moment. My point is that your diagnosis may be correct, but then again, so may mine. Doctors, if I may, I don't think it's important what caused this. I think that would... Just, Just a moment. Let's give the antibiotics time to work. In the meantime, we could bring his body temperature down. Time to work? The man is frying like a piece of bacon. By the time the medication works, they're going to be serving him in the mess tent a club sandwich. All I'm trying to say is... Why don't you boys run a few more tests on Cold packs is what I'm trying to talk about. Wait a minute, what's all the discussion? I thought he passed a kidney stone. His temperature went up. Well, I think we ought to run another culture. That's what I think. That's because you both have stones in your brains. All right, let's go ahead and see what IMDb... IMDb gave it... 8.1 so that's a pretty mm. high rating for an imdb crowd yeah so deservedly so i think on that one. yes yeah yeah if not higher i mean anything no, well, eight and above is good so oh yeah that's great yeah. i'm very happy with with this number that that's we agree with those people that's mm. great what's his temperature 101 it's coming down oh thank god i was getting worried about him well, those ice packs were just the trick. Thank you, Colonel. You know, our problem was we were so busy arguing about what caused it, we never got around to the obvious solution. Yes, I saw that. Well, why didn't you say something? Why did I... Did... Are you... Did you... Uh, well, behind the scenes then. So, let's jump into this one. Uh, I've got the first one. And now it's said that this episode is loosely based on the Twilight Zone episode, The Passerby. Or the yeah, passers you know, by, I should say. Passers by, and in that episode, I do remember seeing it. Actually, I don't remember seeing it. I remember seeing it in a movie called Poltergeist, because the dad is watching ah, it on TV. Right. Okay. That and, seems and that's the episode is with it's what it's only that last scene is where the soldier is walking with a bunch of other people and walking off into the mist. Okay. All right. And the, and the two people are talking like we can't be dead and. So that's similar to that. That's the only thing that I got from it was yeah. loosely based. Is the ending is definitely based on that. On that, um, right? Yeah. Incidentally, Jamie Farr, who plays Klinger, was in Twilight. He was in that Twilight Zone episode, The Passerby, <laughs> in which the show was based on. He is seen at the beginning. He is one of the soldiers with the bottom of his face covered. So. Mm. Huh, right. Well, that's cool. I'm going to have to check that out now. <laughs> I wonder, wonder what year that is, The Passerby. Because if you've seen Poltergeist, 1980s, something like that? That was 80s. This is definitely in the 70s. It's going to be 70s, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. i got to check that out then. Right. Yeah. As they're cataloging Western's effects, BJ asks Father Mulcahy if he'd had a high school sweetheart. Father confides he was the king of Spin the Bottle at age 12. <laughs> One of his crushes, now he's married with six children. I hope I didn't put any ideas in her head, he says. Naughty, Father Mulcahy. <laughs> we all know what Spin the Bottle does. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When Klinger wakes up, he can see the shadow of a boot. Oh, you can see. 
I guess he can see it too. <laughs> he can um, see it as well, yeah. <laughs> the, the shadow of a boom microphone on the wall next to his head. Ah, okay. Goes to Private Western, has a shadow for some reason. Well, there's an obvious there reason go. for that. <laughs> the actor is alive. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And just uh, just the FYI, the passerby is episode. It came out in uh, October of 61. 61 says so the original Twilight Zone series. It's, it was, yeah, season yeah. Mm. season three, episode four, if people are interested in checking 61. it out. 61. Wow, I see 61. a young Jamie Farr. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. All right, what else do we love? You love dirt? Dirt is my life. All right, to dirt. And to the army that lets us eat it, drink it, breathe it, and salute it. <laughs> no. Rats are nice. Some of my best friends. And not just to their cute little bucktooth grins and pointy little ears, but to their charming little fleas without whom we would not live in the shadow of the plague. Ah, the plague. I will drink to that. Are you gentlemen aware of what historically caused the great plagues of Europe? Are you historically aware of that? Not historically, no. War. Oh, yeah. Ah, See, one city would attack another and they burn their buildings. Mm-hmm. And the rats would scurry cute little guys spreading their plague-bearing fleas throughout the population to war the fountain of all loveliness what do you think i don't know try me out um no i can still feel it Me too. All right, trivia time. Last episode's question in our, well, in this episode, was our next episode, uh, (laughs) we discussed follies of the living, concerns of the dead, and Klinger speaks to a dead soldier. What is that soldier's name? And of course, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know the answer already. It's Private Jimmy Weston. (laughs) In this episode's trivia question, 4077 had to bug out into a cave. What was Hawkeye having issues with? Mm. Go ahead and send your responses to amash4077podcast at gmail.com. I'm having trouble seeing you. You all look funny, like you're made up of little dots. Something's happening to me. I don't understand it. To shrapnel and the skittish little dance it does inside their bodies. To the blood that drips into our boots and stains our socks with gay magenta polka dots. I can hardly hear you now. You're all fading. To butchery. Mayhem. Bestiality of every shape and kind. I feel like I have to go someplace. But I don't know where it is. Gentlemen, I'm going to my bunk to lie down. But first, to Charles. To Charles. I can't believe it. We had chicken again. I'm getting to hate chicken. I broke a fingernail again today. Just makes me crazy when I do that. No, no, it's not a police action. It's a struggle between the free world and the... Ah, forget it. The giants are nowhere. They got no hitters, no pitches, nothing. I don't love her anymore. It's all over between us. Hey, over here. Hey, come on, it's this way. Where do we go? Down there, come on.
What did you think it would be like? I didn't know. Where are we going? I don't know. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash 4077 podcast. Or just type in mash 4077 podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to MASH 4077 Podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Definitely both of us. I mean, this is a winner. Winner for us both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one I can watch over and over. It's one that I don't need to skip. I'll Mm. I'll sit down and watch it. It's definitely worthy of a watch. So, cool. I am Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Hi, Major. Clinger. Oh, great. How are you feeling? I'm hungry. That's a good sign. Hey, kiddo. We kept your room just the way you left it. Pierce, who's on call tonight? BJ's on tonight. Uh, uh, oh, no, no. I was on call last night and the night before. Hey, look who's back. How you doing, Clinger? Hi, Captain. Listen, what happened to Weston? Who? Wait a minute. I really have to know who's on call tonight. I told you, BJ's on. I told you. I've been on two nights in a row. Look, Captain, what happened to him? Did he get what he wanted? Is he all right? Who? What are you talking about? Weston. Are his folks okay? Where is he? Is he gone? Blinger, please. We've got more important things to worry about. Now, I have to know. I'm telling you. Here's BJ. BJ. Were you no, no, really BJ. on yeah. call two nights in a row? Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.